Hello, and thank you for stopping by to listen to this podcast. It's called Raising Daughters, and I'm Dr. Tim Jordan, a developmental and behavioral pediatrician who comes to you every two weeks with a podcast. And today's topic is, for me, very pertinent. I'm going to talk today about why there's so much relationship aggression amongst girls, the mean girl stuff, the drama. People ask me all the time, is there more today than there was in the past? And that's kind of hard to answer. I think the literature is kind of conflicted. If you listen to veteran teachers, they will tell you there's more girl drama than there was 10, 15, 20 years ago. And my experience tells me there probably is as well. And also that it might be more intense. So what I'd like to do with this podcast is throw out a whole bunch of reasons why I think girls might be uh, more involved today in relationship aggression, in mean girl kind of behaviors, with the drama, the conflicts, etc., First, let's start out with the wiring of the female brain. The female brain is wired to connect. And that's been there since the dawn of of man and womankind, if you will. The centers in a woman's brain when they were born, a little girl, the centers for emotional sensitivity and connection and communication are larger than in boys' brains. Being connected, being in a group, being in a clique, if you will, throughout history has been a survival thing for women. If you're in a group, you are more likely to survive as well as your offspring. If you were kicked out of a group, if you were ostracized or rejected, you died. So that sense of losing friends means death is still present in girls today. I hear it all the time. They're they're losing friends. The fear of losing friends feels like a death to them. So the female brain says avoid conflict, maintain social harmony, because if you get into conflicts, you might get people angry, they may kick you out of the group, and if you get kicked out of the group, you die. Um, The other part of the brain I think that contributes for girls sometimes having more relationship aggression is is this. There was a study done at Stanford University uh, a couple years ago. They took college-age women and men and they were scanning their brains as they showed them pictures of people who were in pain. Pictures that would evoke emotion in these uh, college-age women and men. What they found with the female brain was that nine different parts of their brain lit up and both sides. The males in that study, only two parts of their brain lit up in one side. That does not mean that men, like me, don't feel or have emotions, but it does mean that the wiring is different and there's more wiring in the girl in the girl of the female brain. The other part that was interesting was that once the emotional centers lit up, two other parts of the female brain activated. One of them was their verbal centers. And so in general, when girls or women are upset, they oftentimes like to, to talk it out. They want to find a friend and talk it through. That's different in general than boys. The other part that, that activated in their brains once their emotional centers lit up, was a part of their their prefrontal cortex, the the part of the brain that likes to process through things. So what happens for a lot of girls who I I work with is something will be said to them, something will happen that deserves about, you know, a a level one amount of response, and then they think about it, and then they think about it, and they overanalyze it, and they overthink, and all of a sudden, it feels like a 10. They tend to make mountains out of molehills. And the word I like to use for that is ruminate. Ruminate means to chew. In this case, it means to chew on thoughts. 
And a lot of girls get themselves into trouble socially because they do that. So the female brain wiring has one piece of the pie as far as why more, more kind of uh, girl drama kind of things these days. Another is pressure. There's a lot of pressure on girls today. Uh, Stephen Hinshaw in his book, The Triple Bind, talks about there being three different kinds of pressures on girls. And I find this in my practice, in my counseling practice. One of them is the pressure to be really good at all the traditional girl things. So girls today are still supposed to be pretty and thin and sexy and hot. And they're supposed to be um, good at uh, all the girl things like relationships. They're supposed to be organized. They're supposed to have all that together. That also includes things like being nurturing, uh, being good at bonding, being empathetic. And it also means for, for girls, even today, that they're supposed to be, quote unquote, good girls. When I ask girls in my retreats and camps to make me a list of all the qualities of a good girl, let me, write down, let me tell you right now what some of the things they, that they say. That means they're supposed to be perfect, perfect looks, perfect grades. They're supposed to have perfect friendships. They're supposed to be quiet and passive and, and silent. They're supposed to be nice to everybody and polite and sweet. And oftentimes, girls will say they're supposed to be a pleaser. They're supposed to be selfless and put everybody's needs before theirs. They're supposed to be obedient and follow the rules and wait their turn. They're not supposed to put their opinion out there about things because they're worried about if they do, will they come across as being too bossy or too judgmental? Will they hurt somebody's feelings? They oftentimes don't have opinions about things because they want other people to decide. It's very common for girls to, to tell people, I don't care, or whatever you want. Good girls are also popular. They fit in, but they don't stand out. They're not too out there, not too loud. They're not supposed to argue or disagree or make waves. They're supposed to have friendships that don't have conflicts. They're only supposed to have the good feelings, quote unquote, never angry, never jealous. So those those qualities of a good girl, girls are still absorbing those today. And I think it contributes to the pressure on them. The other part about the triple bind that Stephen Hinshaw described was being good today at traditional, quote unquote, boy things, that, you know, more traditional uh, male archetypical things, i.e. girls today are supposed to have straight A's and be at the top of their class. They're supposed to be super athletes and be on the best teams. And they're supposed to be aggressive and they're supposed to be super assertive and competitive and ambitious. They're supposed to be driven with a kind of a win-at-all-cost attitude and even be willing to step on people to get to the top. Uh, that's different today. Also, the third leg of that triple bind is that once they grow up, they're supposed to end up being these perfect adult women who are uh, perfect moms with a, a perfect husband with 2.5 perfect children who are also in this really cool job, making a lot of money and climbing to the top of their career ladder. They're also supposed to be, as an adult, ma maintaining all the friendships with their spouse and their, and their kids and their kids' friends, both sets of relatives. And they're supposed to be doing all of that, but also still look pretty and hot and thin and sexy. And they're supposed to be doing all of that and make it look effortless and easy. That's the narrow unrealistic set of standards that girls have been absorbing that they're supposed to be living by. That's obviously unrealistic. It's also a lot of pressure. Um, girls also, also experience a lot of mixed messages 
from the culture. Things like be confident, but not too out there. Be powerful, be a leader, but not too much out there because then you'll be judged as being bossy or a bitch. Be nice and be liked, but also be competitive and ambitious and driven. You're supposed to achieve and be successful, but don't brag about it and don't advocate for yourself and and don't be all that. They're supposed to fit in and be popular and be liked, but they're also, also supposed to be authentic. They're supposed to speak out, but don't hurt other people's feelings. Don't displease people. They're supposed to set boundaries, but if they do, they might lose friends. Those are just a few of the many mixed messages that girls have to sort of sift through today. And they're not getting much help with that. And that causes a lot of pressure and stress within them. I also think that they're at girls who oftentimes are doing relationship aggression kind of behaviors. Oftentimes, those are just, there's just powerful girls who are playing with their social power. They have rough edges when they're 5, 8, 12. These are strong girls oftentimes. Not always, but oftentimes. And they're working on connecting more deeply. They're, they're trying to work on their playground politics, if you will. And they do it sometimes by overstepping their bounds. Sometimes they are too um, aggressive. Sometimes they, they um, don't have enough of a filter. But it does, it's not because they're a bad person. It's because they're powerful and they have growing edges. Another piece of the relationship aggression pie is that girls are not doing a good job of handling their conflicts. There's a problem with a friend. What they tend to do often is avoid the conflict. They're so afraid that they bring something up to a friend. They, they don't like a friend's behavior or the way a friend's treating them. They're afraid if they bring it up, their friend will get even more mad. They might lose that friend. That friend also might take away three other friends, and all of a sudden, I might be alone. And so girls just hold on to it. The feelings just get stuffed underground, and they fester. And I think those feelings oftentimes then resurface with, with drama and relationship aggression. I think today in this culture, girls have a hard time knowing what they're feeling and expressing their emotions. A lot of it's because of the busyness, all the structured activities that they have, all the uh, technology that they have. There's just very little downtime, very little quiet alone time. Girls have a hard time being alone without being lonely. And because of that, they don't know how to check in with themselves and know what they're feeling. And if you don't know what you're feeling, you don't express it. And there's so many distractions today to not express your emotions. So all that also gets stuffed down and kind of builds up to the point of overload and overwhelm. Especially feelings of anger and jealousy. You know, the quote-unquote bad feelings. They're not bad, obviously, but I think girls have been kind of taught that with the good girl culture, and so it comes back to bite them. Girls who are tweens and, and teens also are going through a very sort of insecure stage where there are lots of changes going on in their bodies and their friendships and their interests and their values. Everything sort of is, is changing. So they end up comparing themselves a lot to other people. How they look, how they talk, who they hang out with, their academics, their activities, uh, what team they're on, uh, their status, their social media status, if you will, how developed they are physically. All of that creates a lot of tension and jealousy and stress within girls, within themselves, and also with other people. And remember, too, that we've, we are... We are giving girls permission these days to be a lot more competitive than they used to be. 
A lot of times girls in the old days didn't start competitive sports until they were more like in high school. Fast forward to the day and girls are starting sports when they're four and five years of age, if not earlier. They're just as competitive, if not more than boys. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but they're being taught to be more aggressive and assertive and competitive and ambitious. And I think sometimes that, that, that oversteps its bounds and it ends up looking a lot like disrespect and being too competitive which means it interferes with their relationship sometimes, which creates more drama. Girls are also growing up today in a very disrespectful and aggressive culture, including the media. Look no further than the 2016 election cycle to, to get some evidence of how disrespectful and aggressive our culture is. I think it's they look on the news any night and they're seeing people, whether they're politicians, whether they're sports figures, People in the streets, it's a very angry, disrespectful culture, and that is absorbed by our girls. Kids tend to reflect the adults around them, and I think part of that is the disrespect and anger that's going on in the culture. I mentioned before that girls don't have much quiet time to decompress, to think, to reflect, to contemplate, to soul search, to express their emotions, to do some writing and some drawing and some expressing in any way they choose. And because of that, again, things build up. And then you add in boys. Boys are just one piece of the pie. You know, when boys become involved, they oftentimes get in between girls' friendships. There's jealousies. You're looking at my boyfriend. I liked him first. I want to read you a direct quote from a girl who was in eighth grade. She was in one of my groups a couple years ago. And she went on a rant one day, and I think it's... it's, um, a great illustration of how girls can sometimes feel. She said, and this is, again, this is an eighth grade girl. She said, the other day, this, this bitch in my class asked me why my neck looked like a different color than my face. So I yelled at her. I said, I'm terrible putting on makeup, okay? I wear it to cover up my zits, and I never have just one. It's like my whole face is covered. It's not like I'm, I'm, I'm very secure anyway, and it's as if I'm not in, uh, insecure enough. I don't need people pointing out that I have acne. I know I'm not very pretty, and this just make it worse. I never cared much about my looks until eighth grade. Then I started noticing boys. Then I wanted to be noticed, and uh, and then she just went off on another rant. You can imagine how that kind of angst and stress and tension can leak out on friendships and cause problems. I think boys sometimes bring out that part in girls. All the social media things, the technologies... That's a whole topic in itself, but that 24-7 news cycle online, which is endless and continuous and not always nice, creates a lot of stress and pressure on girls as well. Trying to keep up, trying to stay in the loop, trying to get them more likes. All of that adds more energy to their angst. And I think it makes it worse and can leak over into their friendships. <clears throat> Excuse me. Also, I think the schools are not addressing this issue. They're not giving girls the time and the skills to handle their conflicts and to create a a good, safe, nurturing community. In my Strong Girls, Strong World program, I go into schools and work with classrooms of girls, and it's really tough to get schools to give us time. There's so much stress about testing and national test scores and getting kids into the best colleges that they're not really addressing social-emotional learning, which is so important. And part of that is about giving girls 
a space like I give girls in my retreats and my camps to sit in a circle and talk about what's going on in their class and to share from their hearts and to let people know how they feel and to resolve their conflicts peacefully, to set intentions for themselves. All of that could avoid problems with relationships, but they're not given the time or the skills. And thus, it just festers. Oftentimes, girls have stresses at home. It could be uh, problems with comparing themselves to an older sibling. They could have a sibling with issues. It could be problems between mom and dad. You know, some girls have, have been through divorces in their families. All that adds to their load and can come out as as problem with friendships. Also, um, the pressure to to have their whole life figured out is so is so in, um, inculcated into our girls today. I have heard from girls in middle school in my retreats and camps who talk about how stressed out they are, not about high school, but about college and beyond. They're getting this, this, the message from, from teachers and counselors and their parents that they should know in middle school you know, what their life, life's career is going to be because if, if you don't know that, then how do you know what kind of classes you're going to need to have in high school? Because if you want to be an accountant, you need to start out with geometry by the time you're a freshman at least and then have AP calculus and they go off in these rants like they should know all that. It's like, wait a minute, you're 13. They think they should have their whole life figured out and that's a lot of pressure. And it's happening to girls at earlier and earlier ages and that contributes to their pr- uh, pressure and stress load. With all that going on around them and more, what happens too often is they don't have spaces, safe spaces to talk about it. They don't have a language to talk about it. They don't have people, adults around them who are slowed down enough to listen and talk about it. And so those pressures and the emotions and the stress just get shoved underground and then it tends to resurface in unhealthy ways. There's an expression I learned a long time ago that what is unexpressed becomes unmanageable. And one way that it leaks out is with relationship aggression, in my experience. Uh, They become overwhelmed with their emotions. Uh, Sometimes it comes out as anger. Sometimes it comes out as anxiety. All that plays into their problems with their friends. Uh, They fear the loss of friends. They put up with abuse sometimes. They apologize when they haven't done anything. Uh, They give their power away. I did a whole podcast on that, and and I've done lots of blogs on that as well. They give their power away so often. All of that contributes to problems in their friendships. And they don't have safe spaces to talk about it. They don't have safe spaces to learn from each other. That's one of the the main reasons why I started my camps 26 years ago and why they're all girls is because they need those spaces to sit and look at each other eye to eye and speak from their hearts and to listen to each other and to work things out and to learn how to create safe, um, nurturing communities. Parents have a role. Parents have a role to understand. I think too often girls come home with problems with their friends and people kind of brush them off as, well, it's just girl drama. It's just drama. And they don't understand that there's a lot that goes into it, as I've described over the last 15 minutes. There's a lot that goes into it. And I think if parents come from a place of understanding, that would help a lot. And girls might be more willing to talk about things. If parents are good, non-judgmental listeners, they can listen, they they can mirror those things back, they can affirm their daughter's feelings, they can brainstorm with them, do some problem solving. All that would be really helpful 
when it comes to girls and their relationship aggression issues. Parents can provide opportunities in the home to to resolve conflicts with with their parents, um, with their siblings, to learn how to do that in a peaceful way, to learn how to advocate and speak up for themselves. That's okay. That's not being mean. That's not being a a bossy bitch. So many girls worry that, that just speaking up for themselves is being mean. And they're so worried about hurting people's feelings and displeasing people and disappointing people, they need to be educated about that. Uh, That oftentimes can look like role-playing, giving them feedback, helping them build their confidence when it comes to advocating and solving conflicts. Also, girls can be taught, and also through your modeling, to really embrace and cultivate some slow-down quiet time. Time to regroup, to refuel, to decompress. Time to express their emotions. They need to learn how to express their emotions in healthy ways. Through writing, through journaling, through stories, through poetry, writing songs and artwork and dance and singing, there's so many healthy ways to express their emotions. They need to know those, and they need practice. I think it'd be good to have open discussions about the pressures, the stresses, the mixed messages, bring it all to the surface, and give girls some information and some understanding. They need some more social-emotional learning in the home and at school to learn about friendships and how to create deeper friendships, to how, how to advocate for themselves with their friends. They need much, much more self-awareness about what they're bringing to relationships. Sometimes they're bringing things that cause issues. They need awareness about that and ways to switch it. Um, teachers need more education in their training because they don't get much. They get almost none when it comes to this sort of thing. They don't get much social-emotional learning kind of training, and that's so important in order to create a healthy, nurturing, safe learning community. And, they need, and teachers need to be allowed to take time in the classroom regularly to handle those things. Thus, the principal and the school board and the parents need to also back that up. Everybody needs to understand how important it is. There's all this worry about cyberbullying and bullying, but we don't give them a chance to learn. That needs to change. I hope this helps you to have a better grasp of why our girls oftentimes are embroiled in some relationship issues. It's so important that you help them find some safe spaces to talk and share and learn. That might look like a youth group. It might look like a camp like like mine, the retreats and kinds of things that I do. They need those kind of safe spaces to learn and to share, to know they're not the only ones going through it, to learn the skills to navigate their friendships, to not allow teasing and words and gossip and rumors to get to them, to not give their power away. All those are skills that need to be learned. And perhaps most most important, they need to understand why they're feeling this and why girls get into all those conflicts. They need to understand why people do what they do. That's part of the social-emotional learning that's so, so valuable for girls. I want you listening to this, you parents listening to this, to value what I'm saying, to understand where your girls are coming from, and then to treat them from that space as opposed to judgment and just dismiss, dismissing things and seeing it just as drama. There's a lot more that goes into it. And if we can support our daughters with all those pressures I talked about and the stresses, 
and the skill building, and I think they'll do a much better job of handling and preventing all that relationship aggression. Thanks again for tuning in today to, to Raising Daughters. I'll be back with the podcast in two weeks. My newest blog will come out in one week. Please pass these on to your friends who have daughters. Also, let your daughters listen to a lot of these podcasts. A lot of girls who are in middle school and especially high school like hearing this, and they like then having discussions about this with you because you're learning it together. Uh, Thanks again for tuning in. I'll be back in two weeks with the podcast. Uh, Thanks again for joining in.